Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today we are joined by Rukayat Kolawole. Rukayat is the CEO and founder of Pace Up Invest, a fintech platform based in Germany, France and Nigeria, empowering women and underrepresented communities financially and helping with wealth building, irrespective of their income towards attaining a responsible and sustainable future for themselves and their generations. She is here today to share her story and some of the learns and lessons along the way. So welcome, it's great to have you with us. Thank you very much. I'm super glad to be here. Thank um, you. What an amazing mission. I loved reading that and just learning about you. Would you tell us a bit more in your words about PaceUp? Yeah, sure. So PaceUp Invest is basically a B2B, so business to business, and B2C, business to customers, fintech company. Like you said, that is representing women and underrepresented groups to become financially independent and build sustainable wealth via education, which is knowledge, and investing. And we have impacted thousands of our target group to develop healthy financial habits, holistic financial planning, and investing to grow assets, which are very needed at times like this in building financial resilience. So when I talk about B2B, so how do we help our B2B clients? We help them by developing financial wellness, which entails debt management, savings, investing, pension planning, and estate planning as part of the social responsibility program for their employees, customers, or communities, because this ultimately helps them to uh, increase the productivity, reduce absenteeism, and turnover. And this actually uh, takes into consideration that they're looking after the wellness of their employees. So not just only the physical wellness, not just, not, not just only the mental wellness, but also financial wellness, which is often the cause of other types of uh, stresses that we've seen, and especially with the pandemic and whatnot. And when we then talk about the B2C clients, we help them directly in improving their financial knowledge via digital learning and financial coaching. And we also provide what we call the comprehensive financial planning, which is very much personalized to individual. So those are the two differentiations when it comes to our B2B and our B2C clients and what we do at Pace Up Invest. It's super exciting hearing everything that you're doing and just so meaningful. Tell us a bit about you and your career journey, because to be in a position to be able to found this company to be the CEO there's been quite a journey to that and it'd be great to hear more about it yeah sure so I started my financial journey back in 2006 when I started at Goldman Sachs so I have over 15 years of experience in the industry so investment banking investment management capital markets like I mentioned Goldman Sachs Bloomberg Reuters and also BMC International Bank where I left as a vice president before I moved to Germany and throughout my career, I've been like a transcultural communicator and have worked on different international assignments throughout my career. And moving to Germany around five years ago, four to five years ago, I was quick to understand that having a Black woman in a senior position in finance was not the norm. And apparently, there are currently no Black women in leadership position in finance in Germany, So, which is like, oh, okay. And as far as I know, I'm the only Black independent financial advisor and also a solo fintech founder that is a Black woman. And being a founder in a white male-dominated area, 
will hopefully actually make others see that this is attainable for them. And especially when it comes to such a male-dominated area of finance and also like fintech is part of finance, right? So it's making sure those that are coming behind me and behind other people of color actually see that it's attainable for them in this context, especially in Germany. Yeah, and I love just the way that you explain this because, you know, you, you have been challenged, you know, navigating your way in such a male-dominated world. On top of that, being the only Black female founder in Germany in a solo mission, you have turned that into your strength and into your opportunity. And I think when you talk about, you know, looking after the next generation and leaving a legacy, that is something that I am so passionate about following that sort of way of thinking as well. So tell us a little bit more about how you've turned this into your opportunity and, and also how you want other people to turn their challenges into their opportunities yeah sure thing so I guess from my background I've always wanted to make an impact because I saw my grandmother doing it and my mother doing it especially impacts on women's lives and having worked in the investment banking in finance as well for 15 years before starting PESO it's all about how do I make that social impact but also for profit and what I noticed was that the industry wasn't built for women. And I made it my mission to change this narrative, helping one woman at a time. Because when women manage their finances better, right, they can save, they can invest and improve their households and communities. And empowering women financially empowers generations to come, like you mentioned. And what we see is we're making a lot of impact across intersectionality and thus making finance less jargon that, to those that are not within the industry. And when I talk about intersectionality, it's across race and across class, basically, because what we see in Europe is oftentimes when you talk about diversity, it doesn't include intersectionality of diversity. So this is why we try to incorporate this into our mission, which is also saying, okay, women and underrepresented communities. I would say it's it's still very challenging, even as a female fintech founder, when it comes to fundraising. I mean, there's data showing this everywhere, but then the impact we make on others helps us to continue to generate revenue, despite the industry not favoring female founders and especially Black female founders. And as a company that is making social impacts and for profit, and when it comes to women and the minorities, we empower our customers to actually make a real impact via financial education and sustainable investing so that they can ultimately pass this on, like I mentioned. And this may try to make decisions when it comes to intentional investing which is very, very important when it comes to where we are putting our money to invest. So in as much as we're talking about investing investment, we have to understand that where we also invest, we're actually making an impact because every pound, every euro, every dollar or whatever currency it is that we're investing into is making an impact. And it's all about being intentional when it comes to that. So now, how have I turned this into an opportunity? So I often ask the question that does gender actually matter when it comes to like fintech startups and innovation? I would say it depends on the context because I started PaySup Invest to address gender and minority differences in investing, which is basically the community I fall under as a woman gender and as a Black person when it comes to the minority aspect. 
what we do is obviously helping this community to actually start to learn and start to take action in building sustainable and generational wealth and making them financially independent. So for example, I've actually had like cis and non-cis gender, both Germans and non-Germans say that they felt better approaching place of invest in comparison to a financial company that is seen as not being inclusive in terms of gender, race, class, and other intersectionality. And this is often the case because the finance industry, like I mentioned, is still very much white male dominated everywhere, but even worse so in Germany. So the thing is gender should not matter, but Unfortunately, it does. And also when there is more equity, when it comes to also capital allocators between gender and other intersectionality, one gender group will always be favored above others. And I feel like here lies the opportunity to actually serve that underrepresented, which is where I fall under. So I'm trying to serve them to help them to make the changes and take control of their money in the way they can while we're waiting for all these policies <laughs> to take place in order to say, okay, this is right time to look into gender, look into equity, right? Look into other races and class and other aspects of intersectionality. Yeah, really interesting. And I know that your culture and upbringing are really significant and there's significant reasons around why you founded the business. So I wanted you to share a bit more about that. Yes, indeed. So my passion for going into investment banking actually as a result of learning from my grandmother, empowering other women within our community when I was growing up. So she, rest her soul, she was a gold trader who often traveled to Ghana to buy gold and then sold them in Nigeria. And she basically taught me the basics of empowering women via money to build wealth in addition to the power of communities as I watched her do this seamlessly when I was growing up in Nigeria, like I mentioned. So real wealth to her was about freedom, right? And this all stems from my culture, which is Yoruba culture. And a study by the University of California actually looked into the female power in Yoruba land. So Yoruba culture of the present day Southwest Nigeria, which is where I'm from, and the Southeast Republic of Benin, so that's another country, has received much attention from academics over time. So it's actually really, really studied heavily, in part due to the culturally ingrained female power that's existed and persisted over time in Yoruba land. And actually in Brazil, my culture is celebrated as a religion. <laughs> it's actually quite big as a religion in Brazil. But anyway, aside that, so basically, what we have is called the Ajay deity, which is a deity of the marketplace. So it actually provides an example of the importance of womanhood in Yoruba culture. And Ajay represents female power throughout many facets of Yoruba life, including economics, domestic, religion, as well as political spheres. And these expressions of culturally grounded female power within Yoruba land are actually exemplary of the dynamic gender structure in Yoruba culture. So Yoruba women have been able to harness female power to their advantage throughout Yoruba land over time. And in Yoruba land, there is no gender-specific prejudices because women have always had the opportunities to be successful. And it was a no-brainer for me when I moved to the UK and I had this cultural shock whereby everything was just men-led when it comes to finance. And I guess it's no wonder that in Nigeria, we actually have more female CEOs in finance 
than US, UK, and EU combined. A lot of people find that quite surprisingly. And my culture and upbringing very much informed my decision to actually start PaySoft, invest in supporting women and underrepresented groups in gaining more financial knowledge, building confidence in themselves, and above all, taking the action and thus achieving a mindset that leads to a financial well-being. Again, I mentioned what financial well-being was at the beginning. And my grandmother built her own business, supported the community with an investment program that she created herself. And with Pesop Invest, what I do is to promote the natural approach to money as I learned it from my grandmother and also within the financial industry. And this is exactly what we do every day in Pesop to ensure our target groups are being taken care of. I'm so glad you shared that fact about female CEOs in Nigeria because not many people realize that. And do you know what really hit home? The way that you said that when you came to the UK, you were shocked that financial services were so dominated by men. Like that really needs to shake up just the cultures and environments of financial services industry worldwide, you know, that you are getting that shock when you look around you and we shouldn't be doing that we should be including everybody and I you know I love your story and the fact that you've shared your culture and upbringing and that passion like no wonder it's come through now your commitment to driving inclusion has gone beyond that title of being CEO and founder so I wanted you to share some of that too please yeah, super. Thanks a lot for bringing that up. Um, yes, indeed. It has gone beyond that. And even before I started PaySoft, I actually wrote a book in 2018, a baby book or kids book from zero to six years of age to celebrate diversity and inclusion. And I wrote this because after I had my daughter, uh, Zara, I did not see a good representation of books in German. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? There is no brown, black baby main character in the bookshop that I was going to. And she sort of inspired me to write one because I felt like, okay, she needs to be able to see something as she's growing up, as she's reading the books as well, to see, okay, there is someone that looks like her, like she's brown, black, or whatever color it is. And also to see themselves as the main character in books. So that was one of my first success, I would say, <laughs> in, in promoting. And congratulations. Uh... <laughs> that is so important. Thank and you. look, isn't this just a wonderful example of this is something that is threaded through your whole life, not just your career. You see a problem, so you go and solve it. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. Thank you. And I also sit on the German board committee for 100 Women in Finance. So 100 Men in Finance is a global organization that is committed to building a more diverse and gender equitable finance industry. And we achieve the mission by promoting diversity of thought, raising visibility and empowering women to find their personal path to success. And we connect women at early career stage from pre-career to senior practitioner and encourage the development of lifelong relationship and the sharing of knowledge, resources, and expertise. And not surprising, I'm the only Black person of color on the committee. <laughs> and I'm very much aware of the need to show that we need more representation in the finance industry in Germany. And this is my mission to actually ensure this. And I'm in constant discussion with the board as well to make sure we get the younger ones to stay the course if they can, to get them up in the leadership position. So we have this, we help them to basically 
collection all your resources and expertise and connect them with uh, senior female within the finance, not just only female, but also uh, male allies, basically. And aside that, I also sit on the board of two other companies. So one is a social impact agricultural company that is based out in Nigeria. It's just so great to hear how much you're doing and how much, you know, change that you're creating, but also with the children's book in particular, like you won't know all the impact that that's having, but it will. And it's just fantastic. And and that's really alongside everything else that you're doing as well. So it takes me to our final question. And I always like to ask this question because when I introduce these podcasts, I say we're here today to walk the talk for change. I mean, you walk the talk. You don't just talk about inclusion. You are doing inclusion. You're making it happen. But what would you like to see more of for genuine inclusion in our sector for workplace inclusion? Basically, before I start what I would like to see, when I started with the 100 men in finance on the board of it, I was quick to realize that there were no people of color, even black people, from the age of 45 years in a leadership position in the finance industry in Germany. What I see is with the country whose youth is getting more bicultural and even tricultural than ever, there needs to be some representation, but yet this is lacking. And often the case is because we do not have data in Europe, that actually breaks down like when it comes to finance, when it comes to financial education, when it comes to investing, when it comes to wealth gap, according to other criteria, except for country and gender. So it's really, really missing when we're looking at other intersectionality, like race, class, and the other aspects of it. And the focus is often on gender equality. But again, it's disregards other aspects of such as race and other intersectionalities where black and people of color fall under or even LGBTQIA and all the other intersectionality that we have there. And this is where we need to talk more about gender equity because often it's like, okay, equality, equality, but then where is the equity? So because gender equity is important as it looks at those at intersection of gender, race, class, and equity recognizes that each person has different circumstances and needs and therefore different groups of people need different resources and opportunities allocated to them in order to thrive and in particular I would say an example is founding a company in a white male-dominated culture such as Germany we all need different equitable resources to be successful another aspect is we need to sponsor more women and also more underrepresented groups as well i often say that women are over mentored and under sponsored and sponsoring more women will actually help them to ascend leadership positions and then they're able to help other women along the way very very important another thing is for genuine inclusion there needs to be a change in the corporate cultures for genuine inclusion in the workforce how can the culture help the underrepresented who are constantly being excluded when it comes to like success, opportunities, and just even sponsors, like sponsorships, things, and other types of areas or sectors that usually they're excluded from. And we need to also change society at large and help change behavior. Again, it's all down to behavior because sometimes it's people like to stay in the status quo but then by changing and coming out of our comfort zone, this is where we actually see the biggest growth, right? And I also believe that policy should be put in place for this because, again, we often see cultures that are not ready to 
change because of the status quo and they're not ready to be inclusive or they say oh diversity it's nothing like it's going to dominate group already and I'm thinking well diversity is actually going to help the economy at large to actually be to be progressive and also to get to boost the economy it's really important for that and I would love to see more underrepresented basically be more engaged right go out there engage them attract them to your companies to your company culture they're there so that they can thrive best on the environment not having a hostile environment to work in and promote them so the ones that are super super exceptional promote them and not just leave them in a role and promote others just because you see yourself in someone else but try to look outside that closed box and make sure you're actually being inclusive in the workforce. And again, like I said, genuine inclusion is good for the overall economy. It's it's a win-win situation here. And look, thank you so much for sharing all your insights with us. What's really stood out for me is when you said that women are largely over-mentored and under-sponsored. And, you know, this is exactly what Walking the Talk is about. It's about looking at what the real issues are and trying to solve them. And that mm. sponsorship piece is everything that you've been speaking about. And thank you for sharing those insights, your story, your journey. And thank you for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.